Hi, my name is Bree Baylor and I work with Cooperative Housing International, the sectoral organization of the International Cooperative Alliance representing housing. Welcome to this week's episode of Co-op Conversations. This podcast features various guests from around the world who are currently living or working in housing cooperatives. You'll discover more about what it's like to live in a housing cooperative through these conversations. We've talked with parents raising families in housing co-ops, retired folks who want to retain their autonomy and not live in expensive retirement homes. We've also talked to teenagers, new immigrants, and the list goes on. This week, we feature Rosie Moore from the Peterborough Housing Co-op in Christchurch, New Zealand. The Peterborough Housing Cooperative was founded in 1982, but had to be rebuilt after experiencing extensive damage in the 2011 earthquake. The co-op rebuilt a unique pocket neighborhood in the heart of Christchurch with community at its center. In this episode, Julie LaPalm, CHI Secretary General, talks with Rosie about growing up in a housing cooperative and raising her son in one. Now let's get into the episode. So today we have Rosie Moore, who lives in Peterborough Housing Co-op, located in Christchurch, New Zealand. Welcome, Rosie. Thanks for joining us today. Um, Actually, it's tomorrow (laughs) over here in Canada. We're still Tuesday, but it's Wednesday morning over in New Zealand. Thank you for having me. Mm, It's a pleasure to to have you and uh, and to find out more about about Peterborough Housing Co-op. So so you're in Christchurch, New Zealand. Tell us uh, what's what's special about Christchurch. Tell us some some fun facts about Christchurch. Um, okay, well, Christchurch is the only place I've ever lived, so I think it's cool. Um, it's uh, We also have um, the Christchurch Wizard, which I think is quite um, unique. Um, so apparently he started, he moved here in 1974, and he used to sort of take his ladder into the um, Christchurch Square, which is in the center of the city, and uh, he would talk about whatever he felt was interesting at the time. and. Um, and then in the 1980s, he was appointed the Arch Wizard of Christchurch. And then 10 years after that, he was became the Wizard of New Zealand. <laughs> what does he what does he wear? Like is it a whole uh, wizard, wears, like velvet outfit? Yep. He wears yeah. like a big um velvet sort of cape thing and a big pointy hat. Oh, well, that's that's a great, that's the best fun fact that 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 we've featured so far, I think. Cool. <laughs> So let's talk about your housing co-op. You, you have a bit of history with housing co-ops. You grew up in a housing co-op. Can you yeah, tell us yeah. what uh, what that was like and how it impacted your childhood? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we lived in a housing co-op, which is actually, I think it's about oh, four minutes drive from where I am currently. Um, and I was born there at home, naturally. <laughs> um, and uh, we... I mean, my parents left when I was reasonably young, but we still lived in the location and I still felt very much a part of it. Um, I, I mean, I think a sense of belonging is really important and um, that was something that was secured and that that kind of environment. Um, a lot of people that I grew up with from there are still friends of mine. Um, and I feel like in the long run, I always wanted something similar for my own child. So it seemed like a natural progression for us to then 
come and live in the current setting that we're in. So now you live in Peterborough Housing Co-op with your son That's right. and, and your partner. So yes. what, what, what are some of the advantages of raising a child in, in a housing co-op? Yeah, so um, my partner actually just moved in with us. Um, Ernie and I were here for a year um, without him. And then um, he moved in with us, but uh, the concept wasn't too foreign for him either because he was actually born in a housing co-op uh, north of Christchurch. Um, and that's not how we met, it's just a coincidence. But um, <laughs> for Ernie, um, there are just so many benefits for him being here. Um, it's just, a, I mean, we're within walking distance of his school. Um, we're really close to my parents as well. Um, so he's got that sort of family connection as well. And just having all the kids around and adults that care about them and, um, you know, sort of different influences. It's really important for shaping his own views and his own personality. So describe to us where the co-op is located within Christchurch. Sure. Um, so it's in um, this right in the central city. Um, so it's sort of, I mean, it's a short walk from anywhere centrally. Um, and it was purposefully set up that way um, when it when it started in 1980, just um, being sort of like a central city paradise. Nice. And uh, and there's. If I'm, if I recall correctly, there's two islands, right, in New Zealand. Like there's a North Island and a South Island. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah. we're in the South Island. All right. Okay. And Auckland yeah. is on the North Island. Yes. Yeah, that's, so that's right at the top of the North Island, and we're sort of central South Island. -ish. Okay. Yeah. And is that like is that where it's mountainous, or is it mountainous everywhere? There's mountainous everywhere. <laughs> so um, <laughs> where where we are on a flat bit, so. Um, we're the flattest city. Um, All yeah. right, okay, cool. Um, so a common misconception is that, you know, people think that, you know, people living in a housing co-op are, are hippies or, you mm -hmm. know, they belong to some weird cult or religious yeah. group. Um, so can you describe to us like, who lives in the co-op and how many people live in, in Peterborough yeah, housing sure. co-op? Yeah, so um, we, I actually just wrote all the names down because we've had a few additions recently, but um, we have um, 21 adults and nine children. Um, so there's 14 units um, uh, and there's sort of a, a mixture of owners and people who rent from the, um, the trust. Uh, and it's sort of like two... two um, sort of stacks of units <laughs> facing each other um, with a, a um, courtyard in the center. Right. And the, the co-op also has an interesting history. The late Green MP, Rod Donald, mm -hmm. he bought six bungalows that were built in the 1930s. They were all in a row back in 1981. And, and then the earthquake in 2011 damaged all the houses, which were rebuilt yep. um, in, as a purpose-designed pocket neighborhood. So can you tell us what that is and what are some of the interesting features of the co-op? Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I think it was actually four that he started with. 
um, and it was connected to um, like a Whole Foods shop um, that's quite close to here. Uh, and originally anybody who lived here did a certain amount of hours work at Pico, the, um, the Whole Foods store as well. So it was sort of like a, um, the land part of, of their dream, I guess. Um, and then after the earthquakes, they bought some of the surrounding houses um, so that when they built the new, the new um, units, they had a little bit more space. Um, yeah, so they were, they were um, terminally damaged in the earthquakes and, um, and I am privileged enough to live in the, the new reimagining of the, the co-op. Um, so we have uh, the 14 units um, and they range from, some of them are one bedroom houses and then we do have one four bedroom as well. Um, and we also have a, um, a common house where we all meet uh, once a week where we have our meals together, um, but people can use it for other things as well. We've got a singing teacher here who uses it for her classes and um, people use it for meetings and I use it for whatever celebration I feel like having at the time. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's a guest house as well, right? Yes. Can you explain how, how that works? So um, it is something that we are sort of trying to refine at the moment, like what that looks like. Um, the guest house is part of the common house. So there are, um, there's a little unit at the back that has just a bedroom and then there's a shower and um, they can use the common house kitchen. Uh, but it's just deciding, I mean, cause we have quite small houses, trying not to have a lot of bedrooms that are unused. Um, cause it's a, it is a real privilege to be able to live in the central city. Um, so having the opportunity to have your family stay in that unit where you would normally have them stay in your house if they came to visit. Um, and I guess uh, we charge like a, a koha, which is a, just like what you think, you know, or what you have to offer. Um, and yeah, that ranges from person to person. Um, and yeah, it's, it means that, you know, I mean, also if people wanted to have the opportunity to come and experience co-housing, uh, they could come and um, be immersed in it. We haven't, uh, I mean, I haven't experienced a lot of that yet, but I'm hoping that there'll be more of that. Um, I have a friend in Australia who's very keen to come and uh, live the experience for a little while. Yeah, I guess uh, with COVID, you haven't had too many guests, you know, too many visitors or opportunities for people to travel to New Zealand. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> And so tell us a little bit about how the co-op is designed. Like there's the, the houses all face the courtyard, right? So the yes. front porches are all, you know, facing one another. And, yeah. and so that must create like quite a sense of, uh, you know, I don't know, like a village of, of a village, I would, I would think, you know, with, with all the, with, with all the residents, all the members, you know, being able to see their, their front entrances and, and, and all looking out at the courtyard. So how, like, how does that impact on, you know, creating that sense of community? Um, yeah, it's a, um, it's a really great design. Uh, we do have a little bit of um, 
a section out the back of our house too that's sort of private. Um, people don't tend to go around there unless you've lost a child or um, an animal that you're looking for. Um, but everyone's very respectful. I think that's one thing that um, I really appreciate about living here is everybody seems to be really respectful of boundaries. So um, those those parts of our sections are really private. Um, I think people would think that you would get sort of dropped in on all the time and, and you do sometimes, but it, it's always, it's not as um, common as you think it would be. You know, um, I live here, one of my best friends lives across from us and and she comes over for coffee quite a bit, but um, we normally still text each other <laughs> to, to check that it's all right. Um, but, you know, you see someone else sitting out on their porch and they might be having a coffee or a wine or something and ends up just becoming a bit of a, a catch-up for whoever walks past. Um, the kids, you know, sometimes a couple of them will go out there and they'll start playing a game and then you see, you know, the little heads popping out and all of a sudden they're all out there playing um, hide and seek or something yeah, that's really, really nice yeah, yeah it sounds like uh I grew up in a small town and mm. kids were always out on the street and uh and now I live in in a city and that doesn't doesn't happen so much no. you know it's, it's kind of a rare occurrence which is which is kind of sad <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, it's nice that your co-op has that because I think that's a rare rare thing these days yeah yeah and the parents in the co-op were sort of meeting we met up recently to try and figure out um I mean because we're still in it's still reasonably new we're still trying to figure out how things look um things get changed every now and then um when we realize they don't work but uh trying to sort out all the different fun things that we'd like to be here for the children nice and then the the cars how, how does it work with with the cars like they're they're like off to the side outside of the housing development yes yeah, so we do have a driveway uh with car park um we also uh the the other side so we um we have an entrance onto two different streets so one side we have a car park on the other um there's public, like free public parking um, and there seems to be quite a lot of car parks available. Um, so people just make do with what they can. Um, and we have an area that we're sort of trying to figure out. Uh, we wanted it to be a green car park, but I'm not sure. We've had a bit of flooding and just figuring out what's appropriate for the land. Um, so that's something we have to discuss in our meeting. Mm -hmm. And Earlier, you mentioned that it's quite a privilege to be living in, you know, in the in the center of Christchurch. Mm. Why why is that? Is it is it the house prices and in in the center of the city versus what they are maybe out in the outskirts? Yes, um, it's a few different factors. Um, when we had our earthquake, we lost a huge majority of our central city. Um, so any sort of old buildings that used to have apartments and things in them, they all, they were all gone. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been nearly 11 years now, um, and it's slowly rebuilding and there are, a, um, there is a corporation that's sort of, um, putting up a lot of these units in the center of town, um, but they don't have any parking. They seem quite disconnected as well. Um, and they're really expensive to live in. So, uh, having the privilege of 
living in a community where you're more connected you know your neighbors it's safe for your child to just sort of wander around and you know go and have a chat to another adult is not something that uh you get everywhere mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. is pretty special yeah so the so you said you had a, you have a common kitchen um yes. do you you have shared meals how how often how often does the community get together for meals uh, well at the moment we're sort of having a little break because it's the christmas holidays um so that's our long holiday uh because it's summer here um yes it's definitely it's winter here you know how cold it is there it's minus 19 celsius oh goodness gracious <laughs> um, you, you, have, you have to put on lots of layers when you go outside <laughs> yeah oh well uh, we sort of have a bit of a mixture here but it's been really hot the last few days um so normally we would have uh we have a dinner together once a week um and that's a potluck so everybody just brings a dish um it's vegetarian so i think that's sort of a hangover from the old community because i'm not sure how many vegetarians live here now but um <laughs> i am but so i'm pleased <laughs> i've got lots of options <laughs> yeah it just makes it easier you know then you know that everyone can eat it yes exactly yeah, yeah. so let's talk about um how the co-op is is governed so you meet once a month right to like make decisions yes. or do you meet more often once a month no, it's once a month. Um, once a month okay. So yeah, we meet up. Um, it it tends to be like I mean everybody is welcome, but um, sometimes it's just one sort of representative from each house when you've got little kids and things, and it's not always as easy to get everyone there. Um, and we just uh, everybody takes turns at being um, the facilitator. Uh, people send them what they'd like to talk about and um they go on the agenda and we try really hard to just keep it an hour and a half because <laughs> it gets a bit tedious after that mm-hmm. no that's really good once a mm. month for an hour and a half that's that's very disciplined yes yeah yeah no it's good and um i think sometimes you do feel like you're sort of just going in circles um but i mean we get there eventually <laughs> you have to be patient yeah yeah you have to be really patient and sort of appreciate that everybody has their own views on things and sometimes it might have to go to a few meetings before it's resolved Mm -hmm. and you make decisions by consensus correct yes yep um loosely uh so sometimes it's kind of also you know if you don't really care then you're sort of out like it's not it's more um if somebody has a strong opinion against whatever it is that we're trying to to make happen or whatever um then we have to review it um because we don't want people to be unhappy Mm -hmm. and um and like there's different you know modes of democracy you know that uh, that is being used in in housing co-ops um so do you know the the history behind why they chose this this model of making decisions by by consensus versus you know voting yeah um I actually don't <laughs> I've never asked I've just sort of got been like oh this seems to work <laughs> uh-huh. yeah if it works yeah, then, yeah. You know, yeah why not <laughs> I'm sure um, that there's like a long drawn out history behind it all um but it, 
might not be that interesting to listen to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the way it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So is there, are there training opportunities? Like you said that people take turns facilitating. Not everyone, you know, has the skills to, you yep. know, to, to manage a, a meeting, you know, to, to, you know, to preside over a meeting. So what, what kind of training is available to, you know, to help people learn how to do that? Uh, well, there's um, people here that it like comes to very naturally. Um, people that it sort of works with their personality or they do something similar at work. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. Everybody, there is a space for everybody to contribute in their own way. Um, and we recognize that. Um, I've done it once. I'm not sure if I love it. Because um, <laughs> I can be... I sort of just want it to skip to the next bit. And so I'll be like, okay. And then, like, oh, we're not quite finished with it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, I'm the same way, if that's any comfort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm always looking at the clock. <laughs> but I think, you know, if somebody was, if that doesn't come naturally to them and they were wanting to give it a go, there would always be support. Um, people are always happy to answer questions. Uh, we have our minutes from the last meeting, so it's just sort of reviewing those and making sure that we're not um, repeating things too much, but also not forgetting something that we, we're going to take over to the next meeting. Um, yeah. So the co-op is set up as a land trust, which right. members, so members pay rent too, but there's also yep. three homeowners. So can you tell us more about uh, the land trust and how rent is determined and mm -hmm. why why there's renters and why there's owners. Okay, so um, originally it was always renters. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm not the most knowledgeable person on this part, but um, I believe that the reason that we have owners this time around is was to secure our, um, our mortgage. Um, which enabled it to be a larger housing co-op and provided more housing for people. Um, I think the layout was sort of houses that had been built in the same area with the fences taken down. Um, so that was how it was originally set up, um, whereas now it's a very purposeful community. So it's well designed in terms of um, housing a lot of people. Uh, the... Otakaro um, Land Trust is sort of the, the governance um, of the community. They, uh, I was talking to my neighbor this morning because I was trying to figure out how, how you um, describe the trust. And she said, sort of, it's more like it's from the bottom up rather than the top down and the community and the things that we discuss in our meetings is determines what gets discussed in the um in the board meetings so it's more like a board of trustees um mm -hmm. the the rent uh initially the um the homeowners weren't part of the weren't members of the board um but now i think after the first year they've decided that um if they want to join uh so at the we have an agm once a year and that determines who uh is or isn't on the board and you can put your name forward and then everybody sort of votes 
um I was on the board last year uh but this year I decided not to be because I um graduated nursing school in July June July last year and um I'm just finding it a bit hard to get still getting used to the job and um trying to find time to then also go to the board meetings as well as the community meetings and um obviously before my partner moved and I was doing it on my own as well so it was sort of I mean he can sort of he can't really look after himself he's only eight so <laughs> it's, I'm sure that yeah, if yeah. I ask someone will come over but um he doesn't always want someone else there <laughs> Right. So, so there's the community meetings and then there's the board yep. meetings and how often yes, does yes. the board meet? Um, so the board meets once a month as well. Mm. Um, and they have external members as well that aren't um, in the community just to sort of balance things in terms of, I mean, their, their, Oh, how would I put this? So, so their interests are different because they don't live here. Um, so they're more of a neutral, um, yeah, uh, contributors to the to the board. Uh, so we have a guy who used to be a member of the community, um, and then we have a woman who was living in another housing co-op around the corner. She's not there anymore, but um, that's how we how we connected with her. Um, and then all of the other members live here. Okay, and do, does the the land trust own? Does it own land elsewhere, like besides where the co-op is? No, no. So um, it used to be, I believe that there was an umbrella trust above them that also looked after Pico, the Whole Foods shop that I talked mm -hmm. about earlier. Um, it's it's also to do with our charitable trust status. Um, so, um, I think there, there, there are dreams of helping other housing cops and that was what they were trying to do before the earthquakes. They had some money there. They were trying to, um, support other groups to start their own housing cops. Unfortunately, when the earthquakes happened, they needed that money to help build this new, new one. Um, but I mean, right now we're not in a position to to contribute to anyone else's um, co-op at the moment, but I think that would be a long-term goal. Okay. Yeah. So we talked earlier about community um, and you know that the co-op is designed with community in mind and you know and with children, you know, mm -hmm. at the heart of the community. So what, yes. what, what has been your personal experience with, you know, since you've lived in, in the co-op, you know, in, in terms of community? Um, yeah, well, I guess um, I, yeah, I mean, this is what I wanted for my child, but I, I was also like aware that he is a lot more introverted. And so maybe he wouldn't want the experiences that I wanted. So we did come in here with the view that if it didn't work out, we could move on um but um and then you provide an opportunity for someone else to have this experience as well but um it's just been amazing and Ernie absolutely loves it here um 
you know, and he, he sees his little buddies outside and he wants to go and play with them and there's a trampoline here and um, they've got uh, one of the neighbours has sort of built a, a skateboard ramp um, out of wood. So you don't seem sure that it's an actual ramp. <laughs> it, it, it is a skateboard ramp, but it's, you know, it's not enormous. Um, <laughs> so it seems to, I mean, kids are creative. They'll, they'll make a skateboard ramp out of anything really, wouldn't they? Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so for us, I mean, initially when I was first moved in, I was still a student. It was like walking distance to the nursing school. Um, it's walking distance to, to his school. Uh, we've got a park around the corner, um, the Margaret Mahi Park, and it's incredible. It's, I mean, I, I can't even explain that it. it's such a great park. Um, and that's just in our backyard. Um, yeah, we're, um, living here has been a really positive thing for our lives. Um, and I, I guess being born into this, maybe this is the sort of thing that I was looking for. Um, when Ernie was little, we lived in a, a, it was like a unit of flats. Um, and it was very disconnected. I didn't know the neighbors. Every now and then, I mean, if we had another reasonable earthquake, we'd go and check on each other, make sure everyone's okay. But it, that was the extent of, of knowing each other. Um, even walking down to the library, I found that people didn't really talk to you. Um, and I feel centrally it's, it seems a lot friendlier and um, connected and uh, and that is exactly what I wanted for my child. Um, and also that, I mean, his school is right in town as well. And that was a choice that him and that I made with his father because he lived sort of 10 minutes away in a suburb and I lived 10 minutes away the other way. And it was sort of halfway between us. So it seemed fair. Um, but, and my niece and nephew went there, which was also a bonus. But um, now all of his friends are quite close. You know, if he wanted to to connect with them or go and see them, they're not they're not too far away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sounds sounds like an ideal childhood. Yes. Yeah. Lucky, lucky to have that. Yeah. We have a really excellent library as well, which is within walking distance too. Nice. Yeah. Oh, a new library. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess you know that's the silver lining of of an earthquake. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And like very purpose built facilities. Um, we're uh, we're unlucky in a lot of ways and lucky in some others. <laughs> Can't have it all. No. Exactly. <laughs> so, in addition to being built with community in mind the co-op is also built with environmental sustainability in mind so what are what are some right. of the features that make the the homes environmentally sustainable um so i mean i was not part of the community when all of the decisions were made so this is just information that i've gathered from being here and talking to people but um basically in every step of the process they have been trying to always keep the environment in mind. Um, so making sure that the wood is sustainable, that's on our cladding. Um, we have natural wool carpets. Um, I know that maybe sheep are, sheep are not always um, treated well everywhere in the world, but um, they have a, a reasonably good time here. 
a lot of space for them. Um, and it's, you know, made locally. Uh, and we have marmoleum flooring. We've got hydro under floor heating as well. So it's um, the houses kind of are all a really nice temperature. Um, and there's wool, there's wool, wool insulation as well, isn't there? Yes, there's wool insulation. We have um, heat insulation, but also sound insulation, which I think is a big part of um, why it works so well, is uh, you don't hear your neighbours. And I think that's um, important for getting along. Uh, Oops. Ne next door to me, I've got um, another mother with a three-year-old daughter, and she's a delight, but I'm sure at some point she cries, but I've never heard it, so... Um, it's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's important. Not not hearing your neighbors. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, any solar panels? Any solar yes. energy? Yep. Yeah. We do have solar energy as well, um, which contributes to our. Um, so the so, uh, the hydro underfloor heating goes sort of in a loop around all of our houses, and um, the solar energy contributes to the to the powering of that. So it must be affordable as well, like for yes. heating and electricity bills must be pretty reasonable. Yeah, and um, same with internet as well. Um, we have like good internet that services the whole community. Um, I think some of the units that have got three stories find that at the top it's a bit, a bit trickier, but um, that's uh, something that is being worked through at the moment. I have a single, um, single story flat uh, with two bedrooms so internet is absolutely fine for us but um, you'd have to talk to somebody in one of the bigger houses uh, about the internet problems. Mm -hmm. Your co-op gives tours to the public. Yes. What, what are people most curious about when they when they come to visit the, the co-op? Um, well it's kind of a mixture of things. I mean to maintain uh, our charitable, charitable trust status is based on us um, promoting uh, co-housing. So the, the tours link into that in terms of being able to, people to ac actively see what it is like to live in a co-housing um, collective. And um, yeah, so there's, I mean, we have different committees within the community and different people uh, give their skills and um, they, there is a committee that um, is the promotions committee and they do the tours. Um, so people come around and they just want to, um, they're either interested in co-housing themselves or they live locally and they're a bit curious um, and they're all welcome. Uh, we'd love to show them our house and our way of life. So when you, when you call it a co-housing, um, like is, is it a co-house or is it a, is it a co-op? It's a co-op, yeah. Yes, yeah. okay. it is a co-op. So, yeah. so you you operate uh, according to the the cooperative principles yes. and values. Yeah. 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 Good. Good so I think in the in the past they did share the houses like because there were less of them. Mm -hmm. um, so it was more. Uh, I think there were a lot more people that were flatting together. Um, whereas now we've all got separate separate houses. So that's probably just language that's uh, stuck around. <laughs> and are there, 
So you you said that the housing co-op that you lived in when you were younger is not is you know isn't that far away. Are there no. so there, are there other housing co-ops like so in the, in the, the in one Christ that I lived the one that I lived in as a child um they sort of uh they broke up as such oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> after the earthquake the divorce <laughs> yeah like a like a divorce yeah um uh, after the earthquakes. Um, it was a lot of stress uh, that they all had to be rebuilt as well. So um, they were all owners and I guess making all those decisions together while everyone's stressed and everyone's quite traumatized that it's hard to, hard to maintain. Um, there are other housing co-ops around um, and there's been some that have been trying to establish as well that have not not been successful unfortunately but there are others that are sort of um just finding their feet at the moment as well uh, we had a group of unfortunately i couldn't come that night because i was unwell and in in the current the current climate you don't really meet up with people when you're sick anymore um <laughs> so um it was a group uh, of people that have recently um started a co-housing um you know, group uh, in the central city as well. Um, yeah, so they they are around. Um, I think they will become more common. Um, people seem to be looking for a place to belong, and I think this is the answer for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And are there any like government programs, whether no. you know at the national level or the local level to encourage no no so there's not um there's not a lot of support at this point um well hopefully there will be soon uh yeah it seems like i mean it would be a positive thing for a lot of people um but at this point it's not overly supported higher up mm -hmm. i know imagine you know if if housing co-ops were as common as home ownership, mm. like what, you know, how society would be so much better off, you know, children growing up in a community and, and, and just, and people living in a community, supporting yep. one another and, and knowing, you know, like not living anonymously, knowing, yep. knowing your neighbors and, and, and having, you know, like having that support, uh, you know, it helps to combat loneliness. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, especially especially now, you know, so many mm -hmm. people are isolated in their homes and, uh, and you know, not uh, not interacting very much with <laughs> with folks, which which makes for a lot of problems. You know, a very disconnected society. Absolutely, yeah, and I mean, I think I mean we we have not been as affected as the rest of the world here with COVID. Um, but we've had our own issues with um, the earthquakes and natural disasters that we have here. Um, but I do feel like after the earthquakes, everyone was really, they were keen to get to know their neighbors. They were wanting to make sure that their, um, you know, their, the woman next door who was living alone was, was safe and that she had water and that her toilet worked and, um, and those sort of, it was a really sort of nice period in a way afterwards where we all had a collective 
uh, trauma <laughs> and I feel like it's slowly drifted away as people have become more frustrated and taken a long time to get things going and um, I think a lot of people are looking for that sense of community because it was a really lovely thing to be a part of um, for that brief period uh, and I do think that this would be an opportunity for some people um, where you have your you have your own personal space and you have your privacy and people respect that and but you also have a place to belong and and uh, you know somebody was somebody's always around if you mm -hmm. want a cup of tea or a glass of wine. <laughs> so has the has a town wizard visited your co-op? No, he hasn't actually. Um, he actually did a spell at my parents' wedding, um, <laughs> and uh, it obviously worked for them because they're about to have their forty-fifth wedding anniversary. But um, maybe I'll I'll see if he wants to pop along sometime. He could he could do a spell here maybe. Yeah, he could join, uh, you know, come for the tour and yes, yeah, do a good luck spell, <laughs> a, a spell to create more housing co-ops, like like yes, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> spread the joy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it sounds like you you recommend living in a, in a housing co-op. Yeah. Um, if, if, if you if there were three words that you could use to you know to describe you know what it's like to live in in your housing co-op what mm. what three words would you use uh i guess belonging and um security and support yeah, yeah. that's uh, a good way to sum it up mm. <laughs> things, I guess... that, things that humans need to thrive exactly yeah they yeah, uh, contribute to happiness don't they mm -hmm. well rosie it's been it's been a real pleasure talking to you uh thanks for for sharing what it's like to live in in peterborough housing co-op and uh and describing it to us maybe one day we'll make it to new zealand and uh we'll join the tour and, and see it uh in person yeah absolutely you can come and stay in the guest house <laughs> yes <laughs> i'd love that thanks so much all right see you later okay. have a nice day bye. you bye. too thanks thank you for listening to this latest episode of co-op conversations we hope that it provided a better understanding of what life is like in a housing co-op if you're interested in finding out more, you can visit us at housinginternational.coop. We feature many stories and resources on our website with useful tools, studies, and articles on topics ranging from governance to finance to sustainability and so on. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, where we like to share stories and good practices of co-op housing around the world. If you want to find a housing co-op in your region, I suggest that you do an online search for co-op housing along with the name of your city and hopefully something will come up. I would like to thank all of our guests for sharing their stories with us. Thanks for listening.